Hello and welcome to the Stew with JT Brew on the Dynasty Pros Football Channel. This is episode number two. Tonight we're going to go through a rookie mock draft and discuss which rookies we prefer at each of the positional tiers. The Stew begins now. Uh, you up on trades and why you move? You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing. Racking up points makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with the mock draft and now we making a mockery of the leaderboard. Quite obviously not a scrub to start an institute. Make evaluations like a commissioner do. It's to the point your wife make you watch in a different room. Update your roster and pick and choose when you get some news. Not much that we enjoy more than sit through sifting through new statistics to make it to our end zones through different groups. Universities, institutes, down to homies who click in groups. I introduce you did this do with JT Brew. Hello and welcome to the Stew with JT Brew. I'm JT, joined by Sam Waldorf, uh, one of our friends over at Dynasty Pros. He jumps on the shows, writes some stuff, does a little bit of everything for us. Sam, thanks for joining us. Yeah, of course, man. Happy to be on my, uh, what is this, the second episode of JT Brew. So, Stoked to get into the show today. Yeah, so we were discussing here just before the pod started. A uh, bunch of rookie drafts going, rookie draft fever now this last week. Uh, Post-NFL draft, everybody's kind of got some going. I've, I've got about four or five drafts I've already knocked out. I know you're in the middle of uh, quite a few too. So what we're going to do for this show is we want to kind of break it into the tiers, those top QBs, the next <clears throat> excuse me, set of running backs, wide receivers. And we're going to kind of go through ADP as it's kind of uh, – as it's right now on Sleeper, after about a week of uh, having drafts, the, the ADP is kind of selling out on Sleeper. So this, I kind of grouped all the players depending on the ADP on Sleeper. So, Sam, let's get started here. Let's just assume B. John Robinson's off the board. We're going QBs, that early top of the draft. You got the big dogs, Panthers, Bryce Young, Colts, Anthony Richardson, and the Texas C.J. Shroud. Which of those three guys are you taking with your first quarterback? Gotcha. I mean, I think this is a great part of the draft to be first off, right? If I have picked two, um, I do have these guys all close enough that I do think sliding from two to four might be worth your time. With that being said, if I have my pick of the litter, I'm going to take Anthony Richardson. Um, this is a change actually from my pre-draft rankings. I used to have Bryce Young as the one. I just think Richardson got the right landing spot. And that upside and the, the league winning ability of Richardson is too hard to pass up. I think if you're sitting there at one, two and you need a game changer on your team. Yeah, for me, same thing. I actually was CJ Stroud was my top guy pre-draft. He was the one I was taking. It was a QB. I said one QB, if AR goes top five, I'm definitely taking AR as the top QB, but I was like super flex. I still might hang on. The Stroud, and I've seen it go all over the place in my draft so far. I've seen Stroud mm -hmm. the first guy. I've seen Young the first guy. I've seen AR the first guy. I think I'm taking the upside of AR. Anthony Richardson going to the Colts. I like the situation. Obviously, I'm a Colts fan. You see the Colts shirt. <laughs> but I like the situation. I think with Jonathan Taylor, I think that O-line is going to be much better than it was last year. Uh, I just think this is going to be a spot where he can shine. Does he play this year? I don't know. Uh, there's a bunch of people already saying they're going to play him no matter what. They picked him top five. If he doesn't, and he doesn't play until the end of the season or next year, I still think he is the high upside guy that you just can't afford to pass on and look back and be like, oh, I had the next great one, and I was uh, nervous about his potential, and you don't take him, you pass on him. 
So for me, I, I just think you got to go the high upside. I like all three of these guys, but high yeah. upside of AR has got to be my pick in this spot. Yeah, one last note on AR, I think for the viewers, just to put something in mind, I, I do truthfully think that even though they didn't necessarily have the same college production, I think pro-wise, I think Cam Newton is the guy that comes to mind when you think of Anthony Richardson. And let's not forget that Cam Newton came out of the gate and had top 10 seasons. Like, I want to say his first three years, maybe. And it's not that he looked pretty as a passer. It's just if you put up enough yards on the ground and you get some through the air, like, it doesn't really matter, man. You can still be productive. Yeah, and that's what I think. I think if he if he runs the ball the way that he's capable of running and they set that offense up for him to do that, he he's going to be a playable fantasy QB this year, even if his passing is terrible. He could put up enough rushing yards that he could be that low-end uh, QB, too for you, a guy that you're starting or at least is a great spot start uh, during mm-hmm. bye weeks during the season or injury. So so that's our guys right there. So we both kind of lean in uh, a little more AR than we were pre-draft. Uh, next group, Jamar Gibbs, running back Lions. He kind of is by himself. So we're going to skip over that pick. Um, let's jump into the top end wide receivers in round one. Most of these guys are all going right in the middle to the end of round one. Do we like the Seahawks, Jackson Smith, the Jigba, the Vikings, Jordan Addison, the Chargers, Quentin Johnston, or the Ravens, Zay Flowers? Who do you like out of those four guys? Yeah, I think for me, um, no change pre-draft. I'm taking JSN above all these guys. Um, I would say I, I do think that's fairly consensus. You know, I've done four or five rookie drafts already, and and JSN has been the first wide receiver off the board in all of them. Um, I think the thing that potentially could push him down a little further would be people being scared off by the Seattle landing spot. Um, but for me personally, it's just like, will the year one production be there? Maybe it will, maybe it won't, but you know, Metcalf Lockett, they've had a great run and Njigba is going to be the one or the two there in no time. And I'm not too concerned. He's going to get his points and he's going to have a great career. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you on that. I, you know, the landing spot's not the greatest, but I think you can't just don't overthink it. Yeah. Don't overthink that all of a sudden, oh, well, he's got Metcalf and he's got Lockett and he's behind all those guys. Those some, things can change really quickly. A, an injury, a guy gets traded. Obviously, we've seen the NFL the last couple of years. These G, new GMs are much more willing to trade players uh, yeah. than we saw in the past. So you, a situation can change anytime. I learned early in my rookie drafts. I used to always go for situation over the best player. And I started realizing that I'm missing that because those situations change. I think I'm taking a guy's backup that I have. Next thing I know, that guy's on a whole other team. And I mm-hmm. should have taken the better player instead of handcuffing my guy. So I definitely think, I think JSN for me again, like you, I think he stays as my top guy. Now, the landing spots with those other couple guys, they definitely can be debated. I love, personally, I love the Jordan Addison landing spot for the Vikings. I think that team's going to throw the ball enough that I think him being the second guy behind J.J., I think it can be you know, a Waddle-Tyreek Hill situation where they both can put up 1,000-yard seasons, two touch, uh, double-digit touchdown seasons, and close to 100 catches. So I don't, I'm not scared off at all by Justin Jefferson. I just think it helps Addison more. What do you think? Yeah, I, I do think, like, I think we could have even broken this question up and taken JSN out and asked the next three. Um, I, I think all three got pretty good if we're not talking about JSN. I mean, I love the upside of QJ with Herbert. No one's, you know, no one's making that argument that that couldn't work. 
I think Addison's in the perfect place to get the right coverage for him to succeed. And I love the upside of Flowers in Baltimore with the Monken offense. That's what I've been preaching for about a month now. Anytime we talk about Baltimore, it's just, I just think they're going to throw the ball more. So I think if you're in any of those spots, that's a good tier. If you're sitting at the late end of the first, this is a good tier to move up into and get one of these guys and give up a late second to do it. I did that trade just the other day. I did 211 and 111 to move up and grab QJ or whatever, anything like that. I think in the end, you know, two, three years from now, looks like a great deal. Yeah, I made a couple uh, trades in a few of my leagues to get up into that one seven one eight, uh, so I could get Jordan Addison. Yep. Yep. So I like Addison that much. I was able to move a couple picks, uh, trade a future pick as well to to get in the first round and get uh, Addison. So I like that. So now let's look at that next set of running back tier behind you know Roshan Johnson behind Gibbs. These guys are all kind of going into the first round, beginning of the second round in most rookie drafts. Which guy do you prefer between the Seahawks, Zach Charbonnet, the Dolphins, uh, Devin O'Shane, or the Saints, Kendra Miller? Which of those three guys are you kind of putting at the top of your list uh, there at the end of the first, beginning of the second? Uh, for me, this is going to be A-Chain all day. Um, I am a little scared of the size, of course, but Miami is – the perfect spot for him. And I just think he has like this game breaking ability that I don't know if Charbonnet who's stuck behind Walker and I love Kendra Miller too. Honestly, I think I have them back to back and Charbonnet a little, a little deeper, but um, I just think a chain's going to get on the field. He's going to catch passes. He's going to make plays and he's a better in between the tackles runner than I think people give him credit for. I think most people look at his size and they just kind of, you know, slide him to the side and think that he just is going to bounce everything to the outside. But he actually hits the correct holes a little more than people think. And in that Miami offense, which is, you know, obviously McDaniel's coming from San Fran, they're going to run that ball. And if he gets going, that pick could look genius. So. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I'm I'm an HA guy here. I think this is one of those places where I think sometimes you can get enticed by the landing spot. And this is for me, I was probably really close on a bunch of these guys. For me, when I looked at my tiers pre-draft, I had all these guys together and I said, then it's going to be landing spot for me. Mm -hmm. I'm taking these guys depending on landing spot. I know I'm going to do it, but that's because I feel like they're really similar guys. A chain small, but I think he is the big upside guy too. I think he's the guy, he's boomer bust. He could end up blowing up for you uh, in that Miami offense. I just feel like they're going to know how to use him right with the way they use uh, Rasim uh, Mosert. I just think that is a spot. He's a younger version of him. I just think that they can make that work. So I like him first for sure. And then for me, it's really a toss-up between those other two guys. I think Miller, you're really looking at the Kamara situation with his legal troubles. How long is he going to get suspended? How many games? I think that's moving Miller up people's boards. i probably go Charbonnet next in that group, though, for me. Just because, yes, he's got, uh, he's got Kenny Walker in front of him. But how quickly we've seen situations change. Somebody gets hurt. Something happens. I think he's going to get touches. I think they're both going to get touches. We know Seattle loves to run the football. We know they do. So I think they're I think they're both going to get touches, and if one guy gets hurt, I think the other guy vaults up boards immediately. And even if you don't like him, maybe that's a great time to trade him away to the Kenny Walker owner mm -hmm. and you know, and have that and just trade it to him when he, if he gets hurt or something and just get as much as you can out of him. 
Yeah, that, it's a tough one. I think so many people were bummed when Charbonnet landed in that spot. But you, you do have to keep in mind, he did get the capital you wanted. So, so there is that positive of the situation. Second round capital is the same capital that Kenneth Walker got. Now, even though we think Kenneth Walker is the guaranteed number one, I just it's, I don't think it's going to be as automatic as people want it to. And that may be the issue. But um, just like you said, I think the other two are, are in great spots, too. And um, I just think I would take A-Chain if I'm on the clock. Yeah, but I agree with this. So now we get to the – this is kind of that mid-second round. We're starting to see a lot of tight ends going that end the second round all the way to the very beginning of the third round. So big group here. I, you know, I like a lot of these guys. We got the Bills, Dalton Kincaid, the Raiders, Michael Mayer, and the Lions, Sam Laporta. Laporta kind of jumping up uh, the ADP here lately, uh, especially from pre-draft where he was a guy you were seeing going like mostly the fourth round, fifth round. You're seeing him jump up to uh, really to the end of the third, uh, some more tight end premium leagues. He's going a little bit earlier in the second. Out of those three guys, which one do you like? Uh, I'm I'm taking Kincaid all day long. He he was my tight end one before the draft. The first round capital just made me like it even more. And good luck getting him in the second round of your rookie drafts. I've seen him go one seven through one ten, one eleven in every single draft. Um, I just have him a tier above those other guys. I I think I liked his athletic profile more before the draft, and then he also just landed in a spot that's the best offense. Like you know we're, we can't lie. The Bills offense is going to score more points than the Lions and the Raiders. And that's not the sad truth. That's just the truth. So um, I'm I'm buying in. Now, the only thing that makes me hesitant to do any of this is drafting tight ends in rookie drafts is an interesting value play. A lot of people will tell you that it's honestly safer to go buy the tight end after the first or second year because most tight ends don't really pop. And you might be able to get them cheaper down the line. But I think we're all crossing our fingers that Kincaid might be the exception. And I'm going to stick with that. If I'm in the late end of a first, I'm happy to pull the trigger on Kincaid because I don't know if I see the full upside from some of those other players that Kincaid really has. Yeah, Kincaid for me as well. I got him at 110 the other day in a draft, and I was really stoked that he got to me at 110. I also have Josh Allen in that league, so I'm like, ooh, combo me all day long. I Mm -hmm. love the combo. So I'm going Kincaid. I agree with you. You know, we we talk about it all the time, but usually it's that three-year window for tight ends. You don't really see them pop until like end of that third year, going to that fourth year. Now, everybody's really high on this group of tight ends. But also, just look at the draft and the way – how high so many of these guys got picked. You know, late first round, all the way through the mid-second round. So they got great draft capital. And then you just look at – the league has not been good for tight ends other than the top two or three guys the last couple of years. So it's like I think that's another opportunity cost that everybody's looking at. And they're like, well, man, these guys are all going to get a chance. Now, do they pop year one or two in fantasy? Eesh. You don't. You just never know. Now, I think Kincaid has the best shot to do that. That's why I like him. I like his situation. I think I'm going to like how they use him. I'm going to use him a lot as a big slot receiver. So I like that spot. Actually, three Mayer and Laporta are the two guys that are a little more similar in trying to decide which one you like better there. I think the Lions have a better offense, but where does Laporta kind of fall on that rank of like, hey, is he the 
second option, the third option, the fourth option, the fifth option in that pass offense. So I think that's where you really kind of make that move. I think Kincaid's kind of separated himself where this was a pretty up in the air before the draft. And I think mm-hmm. it's pretty firmly Kincaid for most people right now. Yeah, I agree fully with that. I, I do like Mayer and, and Laporta. If, if you're talking early second round, I do think those are fine picks. Um, but, you know, if Kincaid's there and you're truly deciding between these three players, um, it should be 100% Kincaid. This isn't a diversify your assets kind of pick. Kincaid's the pick. Yeah, I agree. And the, the issue for me here, it really depends on what kind of uh, tight end league you're in. If yeah. it's premium, if there's zero premium for tight ends, I'm probably still taking Kincaid maybe the end of the first round just because I like his upside. But, man, these other uh, tight ends drop quite a bit for me if there's no premium or only like a 1.25. Now, honestly, in a start two tight end league, you know, that's going to push tight ends, you know, up around usually. So you can see these guys all going into the first uh, beginning of second if you were in a two tight end, start two tight end league. So I definitely think you can see that. Now, Right next to these guys in the draft, all kind of going typically that top of the second to mid-second round is kind of that next tier of uh, down of wide receivers. This is kind of like our tier two group here in 2023. This group is Panthers, Jonathan Mingo, the Colts, Josh Downs, the Broncos, Marvin Mims, and the Chiefs, Rasheed Rice. So I think all those guys are kind of bunched together. I pre-draft those guys were not bunched together, but draft capital has pushed these guys into that same group at the beginning of the second. Which do you think, you know, first, who do you think is going to be the best fantasy guy? But also who do you think has maybe the the most upside potential of this group? Yeah, this is a hard place of the draft. And this is where it starts to get very tough and where I really recommend trading down because I think you may still be able to get your guy and pick up assets. Um, Out of this specific group, I think I would go Mingo. Um, But this really is the part where I do think if I had four drafts and I was on the clock with the same pick every time, I don't think I would take the same player. I just think I would take them all once. You know, I, I do truthfully believe in that. Um, But what makes me say Mingo is like if I was in one league, I just think he might have a little more opportunity year one to pop and get those really high target numbers, which could lead to either A, his value increasing so you could move him, or B, he could just solidify himself as a weapon on that team because I think the Panthers' offense is a little more wide open. Whereas even though I like Rice and I like Mims um, and I love Downs as a player – there's a lot of good players on those teams that those guys are going to have to compete with. And I don't necessarily see that issue for Mingo, um, but he is the riskier prospect as well. So that's kind of the, the toss up that you're having to decide. Yeah. This is probably one of the toughest tiers for me in drafts when it's getting to me and I'm in this mid to late second round. I just, I, every time I don't have a clear cut guy. I like, like I, I just look at it every time and I'm like, okay, do I have a guy on that? So I'm sort of like, do I have another guy on the chiefs? Do I have another guy here? Who's my quarterbacks? Do I have Mahomes? Mm-hmm. Do I have Aaron? Did, did I get Anthony Richardson with my first pick? Those are really for me, what's separating these guys and drafts for me is those secondary things. Cause I feel like they're all right together. I'm not sure if landing spot is really better for anyone than anyone else. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
consensus would probably be Mingo has the best landing spot just because it's such a new team, new coaching staff. He's going to get a shot. Now, I think he's definitely going to get a shot, but it, does he just steal that wide receiver one, a guy that wasn't even very productive in college? Mm-hmm. Man, I feel like he's going to be way more Terrence Marshall than people think in this yeah. first year. I just, I just really see. I just, I, I think he has high upside, and I like his ability. I just can't see him coming out and just burning up the NFL in year one. I just can't. So then I look at my next guy, and I'm like, okay, if I took AR, I'm probably more likely to take a Josh Downs because I feel like Josh Downs, and you know, honestly, I'm not going to compare him completely to him, but I think he can play that Ty Hilton spot for the Colts they've really been they really missed last year I like Pittman I like Alec Pierce I have a ton of both of those guys but I think Downs might be that difference maker just the way he runs his routes how much of a route tree he puts together I mean I really like Alec Pierce but we saw last year Alec Pierce was basically a go route or a comeback route and that's about all he was really running a lot of last year so I think Downs could be that difference maker uh, with AR. So I love the upside there. Mims, I liked Mims pre-draft. I told people I was taking him top of, you know, if I could get him like early third round, which he could pre-draft, I loved him in that range. But now he bumps up with that second round, you know, Broncos trade up to get him huge. So, but I just don't know what's happening in Denver. I don't know about Russ. I don't know about Judy. I don't know about Sutton. You got Tim Patrick coming back off injury. KJ Hamler coming back off injury. That just seems like a lot of mouths to feed. Plus they got, you know, solid tight ends. Um, So I just don't love that landing spot. I like him as a player, but I don't love the landing spot. So then the last spot you look at is Rasheed Rice for the Chiefs. Do we get seduced again by the Chiefs and go, well, Mahomes is awesome, so whatever wideout they have day draft has to be awesome as well. I like Rasheed Rice. I think he has a great chance here because I don't really like any other yeah. Chiefs, other wide receivers. I really don't. I know a lot of people guy are a Kadarius Tony guy. Some people are still hanging on to Sky Moore. I just I don't like either of those guys. I really don't. And I think that gives Rice a chance can he be that second guy behind Travis Kelsey? Now, my worry is, does he run a lot of the same routes that Travis Kelsey runs? Mm-hmm. He feels like a little more of that, hey, I can run across the middle. I can do short you know, ins, outs. It's like he feels like he, he is the best watching film when he runs Travis Kelsey type routes. So that's the, that's the problem. Are they going to be running into each other? They Do they have the right routes for him? And then always the Mahomes problem is, after Kelsey, is he just going to spread it around too much to make any of these guys super, super, you know, valuable in fantasy? So through my long-winded statement of all those guys, I I was leaning Josh Downs. My Colts fandom in me was leaning Josh Downs. But the last week or so, I'm creeping up Rasheed Rice. I'm getting seduced by the Chiefs' chance of a Chiefs star wide receiver. I, and he is going up my boards. I was not taking him in almost any drafts pre-draft, to be honest with you. But him, Chiefs, and with them spending what they spent to get him, I just, I, I'm probably, I'm probably going Rice. And Downs is probably my second guy. That's probably, I probably take the upside of Mingo, and then Mims is number four for me in that group. But like I said, I could be swayed with a quarterback, or if I are. Say I already have Sky Moore on my team. Maybe I go Downs instead of 
of rice. So already breaking the rules I just said before, take the best player available, don't look at situations. And I'm already looking at a ton of situations. I Yeah, I do think, you know, that's kind of why I was saying it's like, if you can just get someone to give you a third round pick and then make the choice for you and just let someone take the other three and you're like, cool, I'll take Mims at two seven, whatever. I'll just take him. Like that yep. sounds good to me, man. Cause like you said, there are positives for each player. You can tell yourself, you know, Rasheed Rice, I, I think he's going to fill the juju role. That's, I think that's the idea you you're hoping for. I am starting to get convinced Mims might actually be a good player. Sean Payton obviously loves the guy. They drafted him. Didn't we just hear for three straight months that they wanted to trade every single player on the Broncos? Like, and this is somewhere they went out and get, but you know, I'm with you. It's a fun part of the draft. It's a fun part to be in. Yeah. And Cody uh, jumps in here and says sensual seduction, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, exactly. Uh, getting seduced by some of these players. Uh, now we're going to get into kind of what we're talk talking about with that late second round, very beginning of the third round. Um, we're running into that that next tier of, of uh, running backs where everybody's kind of starting to grab them. Where do they grab them? Are they grab them early, mid, late second round? But that's where most of these guys are going. You got the Titans, Tajay Spears. You got the Jaguars, and then the Bears, Roshan Johnson. So out of those three guys, that next little group in the second round, who are you kind of – what's your first choice? Who are you snagging up? I would be Spears, man. I would be Spears all day. Um, I've been really bummed that I haven't been in the position to get Tajay Spears on any of my teams, if I'm being honest. I've either been too early and a guy like A-Chain has fallen or I'm not picking and everyone's going in between. But if I'm on the clock and those are my choices, I just think Spears is the best player. Um, of course, it's risky with Henry there and and the the no ACL thing everyone's talking about with Spears. But I, I just tend to think, like, unless you're Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, we don't really care about your life after your first contract as a running back anyway. So I don't really get why everyone's so obsessed about Tajay Spears nine years into his career. Like, we're discarding people after three years all the time. So I don't get the obsession with his, like, why him? Why is he the one that everyone is putting their foot down? It's like, he's only going to play four years. Like, he can't be a good pick. And just like, you're like, dude, you're trying to sell me, like, a second-year guy because you don't want him anymore and he's too old and you want the shiny new toy. Like, I, I'm happy to take the upside of Spears. And, you know, maybe maybe he does play a complimentary role in that Titans offense. And if Henry leaves or Henry goes down, he has – just maybe one top 12 year. But at this point in a draft, one top 12 year might be worth a late second. Like, it's hard to get that kind of production out of any running back. So if you can get it out of Spears for a year, a year and a half, I think I would take it. Yeah, I we just had a long discussion exactly about Spears on the Dynasty Theory Discord page. Uh, people talking about it. Everybody's like, man, but Spears, you know, the knees, the ACLs, everybody's like, aren't you scared? And that's uh, John Bauer from the Bauer Club uh, on Twitter, uh, one of the Dynasty Theories hosts. He got in there and was like, he, okay, so he's going to only last three or four years? I'm good with that. He's like, I'm yep. taking him for four years. I mean, he's like, if his career is over in four years, I got my four years worth of a running back in the mid to late second round, early third. 
He's like, I'll take that all day. And I think exactly what you're saying. I'm like, because I, I was one of those people like, oh, I don't know about Spears, man. He he makes me nervous, the injuries, the knees. And then I'm like, oh, man, half these guys we are cutting anyway three or four years down the road or selling them off for, you know, you know, minuscule fifth yep. round picks. I'm like, yeah, he might be worth it. He might be worth it. I'm, I'm, I'm Spears. People are talking me into Spears. I have none of them so far, but they're talking me into them. The guy I like in this group personally is Roshan Johnson. I just feel like that Bears backfield is definitely not set. I, I, I definitely don't think they think that they know who the number one, number two, and number three is. And they only signed Foreman to a one-year deal. You tell me they can't just trade him or cut him if he ends up losing out on the backup job or the starting job. I, I just think Roshan Johnson, I think it's a great landing spot. He feels like a Bears running back. He feels more like that Monty. Uh, you know, Herbert's going to get touches. I like Herbert. I'm a little worried about whether he's the 1A running back there, like whether he's the guy or whether Roshan – kind of grounds and pounds and it's just real good at pass blocking, you know, the pass pro catches the ball in the backfield. I just can see him winning that job by mid year and kind of having a Pacheco finish where everybody's like, Ooh, now you're really on him next year. You know, now he's going way higher in draft. So I think I'm a Roshan guy for the bears. I just feel like that was a great landing spot for him. I already like the talent. Um, and I just think it's a good spot. The other two guys, like you said, Spears, man, we're an injury away from Spears being the number one in a team that wants to run the ball at the time. You know, you're an injury away from Travis Etienne from Tate Bigsby being the one. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, these guys, you know, I think they're worth taking a stab at. It just kind of the, if I had one of these guys starter in front of me or on my bench already, I'm probably taking that handcuff depending on the league size. Because yeah. I'm saying, hey, I got if I got an injury, I know I'm going to get somebody that starts. And just I'm in some leagues where it's just so hard to find a starting running back, two starting running backs putting your lineup. So I'm I'm handcuffing myself in those types of leagues. Now we get to the next set of wide receivers. All these guys are kind of really finding their way that late second round, beginning of the third round. The 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 Packers, Jane Reed, the Giants, Jalen Hyatt, and the Browns, Cedric Tillman. These guys, you know, we saw these guys draft all over the place pre-draft. I mean, we saw some of these guys first-rounders, some of these guys not going until the fifth or sixth. Crazy in draft. So these guys kind of bundled all together after draft. What do you think about these landing spots and who you like? Yeah, um, for, for me, this one is super easy. And to sum it up, I have a guy in this tier that I have a tier higher than, than this group, and that's Jaden Reed. Um, I have him up above with with the previous wide receiver tier that we talked about with Mingo and Rice and Mims. And to be honest, I might even have him at the top of that tier. I just really like Jaden Reed. I think I think if he came out last year, people would be obsessed with him. But because he stayed till his senior year in college football, like, oh, my God, like such a big deal that someone wanted to play like their senior season as a college athlete, like all of a sudden he's not as good of a player, but I mean, the dude broke out at 18. He dominated the Michigan state. It's just, he, he was hidden in that conference behind the Ohio state guys. Michigan state had literally no one to throw him the ball. Like absolutely no one. Um, I, I'm not saying he's going to, cause I do still think Christian Watson is the better athlete, but there's a tiny, 
not even tiny. There's a chance Reed becomes the best player on that in that wide receiver core. I still think I would put my money on Watson, but they could be a really good duo if if Love can show that he can have a couple solid wide receivers. That offense could be a little better than I think people are giving it credit for. Um, I really do think the Packers might look a lot more like the Niners once Rodgers is gone now than people think because I just think Lafleur is going to he's just going to lean on his play calling more. And what, you know, what does, what does Shanahan do? Like he gets the ball to Debo, he gets the ball to Ayuk, he gets the ball to his backs. That's kind of the team the Packers have. And, you know, if Reed could slide into that Ayuk role, he's going to be a monster. Yeah. See, this is a guy, you know, Reed was really a fourth, fifth round pick, you know, pre-draft. You had people that were on his side, really liked him. They didn't know how high he'd go in the draft. Again, stats wise, they just Michigan State's offense was terrible last year. Wasn't much he could do about it, but really uh, opened some eyes at the Senior Bowl where people are like, whoa, this guy's moving on draft boards. He looks really good. I like Jaden Reed. I like that landing spot. I like Cedric Tillman a lot. I don't know if I love him on the Browns. That's my biggest issue with him. I feel like the highest boom bust guy is Jalen Hyatt. You just don't know what's going on in that wide receiver room. They added some guys, injuries in the offseason. Is Jalen Hyatt, is he going to be more of like a Deshaun Jackson type where he just blows the doors off and gets, you know, three catches a game but goes for 115 and a touch? Like, is he going to be more that guy or is he going to be like, you know, some of these other, you know, super fast, speedy, small wideouts that got drafted the last couple of years and then just faded away? We never saw him. They never got any kind of playing time. You know, the Andy Isabellas, the, 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 the Mims, you know, the, you know, all, you know, all those guys that we saw over the years that just, man, you came in, thought they were going to do something. And then they just disappeared and never even had a remotely usable fantasy season. Oh, so again, this one's a tough one for me. If I'm going boomer bust, I'm going Hyatt. I think he has the highest upside, but I also think he has the absolute bottom out floor. I just think he could bottom out and literally never start an NFL mm-hmm. game, and I wouldn't be shocked. But I could also, like I said, I could see him being that guy just a home run hitter, and you just need to get, get him two balls or three balls a game is all you need. If I'm going safety here, depending on my league scoring, big play, league scoring, bonuses, I'm going high it. I'm probably going read if I'm like, hey, not a lot of bonus points for big plays, more PPR, higher PPR league. I'm going read because I think he's going to catch a lot more balls than, than Hyatt will. I don't know about Jordan Love. I don't know if he's going to be good or not. I really don't. So if he's good, I think Reed has a shot, every shot to be the one or number one or number two wide receiver there. I think he has every shot. Home run hitter, I'm going Hyatt. If I'm just looking for the most solid player, I I'm, think I'm, I'm taking Reed. I do think Tillman is a good value too, just for those people listening. Like, I've got him at the back end of the third twice already in in multiple drafts. So if if you're sitting there three, five, three, six, three, seven, start looking Tillman's way. And I think that's a good place to take him. I think I'm earlier in the third round. I just feel like one of my second round graded players is probably sliding out and and I'll be able to take them there. So Tillman isn't in that group for me, but um, you know, he, he is a different, 
body in the Cleveland room. And we'll see what happens with Cooper and does Peoples Jones move on and does Elijah more work. But like you said, there's a lot of what ifs in that in that room. So it's tough to put all your eggs in Tillman. Now let's talk. Uh, yeah, like I said, I like the Tillman, like you said, if you could get him later, if he falls, I like the pick. I'm probably just taking those other guys over him. Guys going here, these guys are going, I'm seeing these guys go anywhere from early third all the way to the end of the third, beginning of the fourth round. So these running backs, this next tier of running backs, kind of all over the place here. The Bengals, Chase Brown, the Jets, uh, Israel, Abanaconda, and the Rams, Zach Evans. I'm going to let you start and tell us who you like. I've had a bunch of debates about these guys um, and a few of my other leagues. Who do you like out of this group if you're going to take a chance on the third? This is a tough one, to be honest. Um, I wasn't the huge, giant mega fan of this player before the NFL draft, but I'm going to take Chase Brown. And I think a lot of it is just the path to playing time seems easier for me. Um, I don't love his pass blocking, and that was something that just made me really not fall in love with the dude as a player. I think he has a lot of positives and his pass blocking isn't one of them. But with that being said, that could totally be coached into him this summer in the NFL. And so I don't want to say that players can't get better. And I just, you know, there's mix in, there's a lot surrounding mix in. I feel like we're almost to the point where we think he's probably just going to be the guy again, but there's just so many question marks that if Chase Brown can find the field or, he could find himself as the only guy he's one injury away where I think, you know, Israel and Zach Evans, like, I just think there's a lot more cluster. And, and I think I'm a little more worried of the path to them playing. Like, you know, I like Israel Bonaconda. I, I do. I think he's a great team name guy. If you're going for a Nicki Minaj reference, but I, um, I just like, you know, if Brees Hall isn't ready, like, Michael Carter's going to play and Zonovan Knight's an okay guy. And, you know, the same thing in LA, like I Zach Evans was such a hyped college guy, but I just think even if he has any relevance this year, he's going to get taken over by whoever they draft next year. So I just don't want to put any capital into that Rams backfield. I think if you have acres, he's a hold. I don't want to invest anymore. So I'm going to go chase Brown and, and just hope that he can find a role in a thinner RB core, I think what is how I would put it. Yeah, I've been a Chase Brown guy from the beginning. He goes to the University of Illinois, you know, just down the road from me here. I saw him play in a ton of games this year. I just think the guy's a workhorse. I think he's way underrated. Um, I just think, you know, once I saw his combine num numbers, that that sealed it for me. I was already high on him. I had him in my top where a lot of people didn't. I had him in my top five running backs, and I was like, it's all about landing spot. If he gets a spot where he can get in there and, and get some PT, and I just think the Bengals are perfect for him. I think he's going to get a shot. Whether it happens with Mixon, I think he's going to get carries without Perrine there. I think he's on a good offense. He's a guy that's not going to need a million touches to actually be fantasy relevant with that good of an offense. And I just think I think people are sleeping on him, man. I really think people are sleeping on him. People that are, are Big Ten people saw him this year were like, "Wow, 
like this guy, he did it the year before he came back and was even a bigger beast on an Illinois team that frankly people thought was going to be awful. And they came out and played great, made a bowl, almost beat Michigan, almost upset Michigan to knock them out of the, out of the, the tournament. I mean, I just think, I think the pass pro is going to improve. I've heard people talk about that a lot. I think it's going to improve. And I just think he needs more reps. Illinois did not throw the ball very much. They just did not. And so he didn't have a lot of pass pro reps just because they didn't throw a lot. I think he's a guy that he's a big, he's enough of a dog. He's going to get there and learn how to pass pro. For him, I don't think it's, it's a want. It's, you know, some guys go up there and you can tell they don't want any part of blocking somebody. They just barely put their hands out. I think he'll get into guys. I just think it's it's a matter of learning the reps, style, mm-hmm. doing what he's supposed to do. So I'm not scared of him. I'm Chase Brown all day on this. And I actually had a discussion. I'm almost Chase Brown over Rashawn Johnson, Tank Bisbee, and Ty Tyree Spears. I know people are like, whoa, 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 how did you jump him up that whole tier? I like him more than all those guys. And I've I've got stuck in a draft where I don't pick till, you know. Like if I'm like three two or three three, I mean Chase Brown's going more like that three six range three five three six. But man, if I got three one, I don't think he's getting to me at four one. Mm-mm. So I'm probably wow. taking him. I'm taking him at three one. I I mean I might even take him at two twelve, right at the end of the second round if I had to because I'm like, hey, he's not going to get back to me at three twelve. There's no way. And I like him enough that I'm over drafting him. I'm drafting him higher than he probably should because I don't want to miss out on. Him. So that's well, where I'm on that. Yeah. One last note before we we move on to the next group. Um, what I think people are learning too is like, you know, like we said earlier, if if you're at two four and you move back to two eight to pick Jaden Reed and or Mims instead of Mingo in a in a tighter group, what you're gaining is a pick to get Cedric Tillman or Chase Brown and. And that's kind of why I think in this class that that could be the move if you can find the right trade partner is like trade up into the first. But if you're like 12 through 24, like if you can slide back and try to get two guys instead of one, I, I think it's a good move. Yeah, I like that idea. If you can move back, kind of angle for those guys you like, I definitely like moving back and adding a pick because there's a lot of guys I liked in this third round. You know, there's a lot of guys that I wouldn't mind, you know, moving straight back in the second and adding a third and getting a couple guys. I like that a lot. I'm with you. Izzy, the Jets, I like him. I'm just worried about, like, where is the path to playing time there? That That's my worry with him. Zach Evans is a total hit or miss guy. I mean, he could never earn the all the carries in the backfield in college. Uh, five-star athlete, prep stud. I mean, a ton of guys had him as the number one or number two uh, running back in his class coming out of high school. I, If he's going to go somewhere, the Rams, if I'm taking late third, early fourth, I'm taking a shot at Zach Evans because I don't love Cam Akers. That's just me. I've never been a huge Cam Akers guy. I feel like Zach Evans is very Cam Akers-ish. I feel like they're really similar, but I think Evans is maybe a little more athletic than Cam Akers. So I wouldn't mind taking him, but I'm taking Chase Brown. Uh, here and Cody jumping and saying the Illinois QB was atrocious this year. He was not great, but I tell you what, DeVito was actually the best QB Illinois probably had in a decade. That's how bad the Illinois QB play has been. So yeah, DeVito was not great. The transfer from Syracuse, he ended up getting uh signing a free agent contract with the Giants. So he is in Giants camp, but he was not great 
by any means, but he was one of the better ones for Illinois, enough to get him uh, in a bowl game. But, yeah, I think uh, Chase Brown really carried that team this year. Now, we got a question a while back here from uh, SC uh, Romero, our friend over at the PPR show. He jumped in. He asked us a while back. I wanted to hold the question until we got to this next group. But he says, it's Luke Musgrave, somebody you'd be taking in the late second round. So this was the next group I was going to bring up to have us talk about. Because these guys I've seen everywhere, depending on how high your PPR is and how many tight ends you start. I've seen this next group of, of tight ends all over the board. So we've got the Packers, Luke Musgrave, the Cowboys, Luke uh, Schoonmaker, the Steelers, Darnell Washington, and the Jaguars, Brenton Strange. So these guys in the real draft went anything from the second round, I think all the way, I think Washington was the last one picked, and he was picked in the third round by the Steelers. Strange went in the second round late to the Jags, uh, you know, Scootamare to the Cowboys, and then Musgrave. They also took Tyler Kraft, but Musgrave, the other tight end taken out of Oregon State, this is a toughie. I've seen these guys, all these guys go mid-second, early second, all the way back to the fourth and fifth. I actually had one IDP league where uh, Strange and Scootamaker dropped way down, way down uh, the draft just because a bunch of IDP guys got in front of them. So depending on your set, settings, all that, you can go there. Who do you like out of this group, and would you take Musgrave as a late second rounder? Yeah, um, I mean, to go off that point, like SC said, I, Musgrave is the, is the pick for me here. I, I touted him pre-draft as my my flyer tight end, and then he got the second-round capital, and I was super happy for him. Um, I think he does belong closer to the end of that second round as I would almost put him in his own tier in between the the Laporta mayor tier and this tier that, that you're kind of listing. And I think Musgrave is kind of the bridge between those guys. Um, it, it really is all about scoring, right? Like I had two five and I really, really wanted to take Musgrave because I needed a tight end, but you know, a chain and Kendra Miller were there. So I was like, I can't pass on those guys for Musgrave. But I mean, I think if you're looking in that position and, and you want to go tight end over wide receiver, like you said, with Chase Brown, if you don't get Musgrave at 210, 211, 212, you're not getting him at 311. He's not going to be there. He's going 28 through 34 in almost every draft, with mm -hmm. the exception being an IDP draft where it's a wild, wild west out there, man. So no rules there. So I think Musgrave all day. He's very athletic. He's risky because he might not be able to stay healthy. But if he stays healthy, you know, he, he could be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with you 100% here. I'm on Luke Musgrave here. He, he was a guy, real athletic, great profile. I think even goes higher if he doesn't get hurt at Oregon State this last year. So he only played like two games at Oregon State. Uh, he was a guy getting picked up in C2C and CFF leagues all over the place after his big first two games. And then immediately went down with injury and missed the whole rest of the year. So I think that hurt him. But I think he's a guy who can definitely be productive. I see Jordan Love really leaning on their tight ends. They had nobody on the roster, basically. Tanya left, went to the Bears. They had nobody on the roster. They drafted him and Kraft. I think they go in. I think Musgrave starts from the beginning. Now, whether he they use him in line to try to block it all or whether he plays more slot, I'm interested to see what they'll do with him and Kraft there. I think Kraft is in this group too, but as far as the ADP for sleeper, Kraft is quite a bit lower uh, than this group. Um 
I'm a Musgrave guy if I'm going into the second and I need tight end production. He's the guy I think has the fastest spot to production. I'll take him. Into, I'll take him late second, early third every time. Now, if I'm picking later and I'm more like falling in the late third, I go, hey, I took a wide out or running back at the end of the second. I didn't take Musgrave. Now I'm going to try to jump on one of these other guys. This, this is the point where I'm saying, okay, end of the third, beginning of the fourth, who do I like? And for me, if I got Trevor Lawrence, I'm taking Strange. I want that combo. I love the combo. If I got Pat Fryermuth, I hate to tell you, I, I wouldn't use I would usually say never do this, but I'm handcuffing him with Darnell Washington. I've done it in quite a few leagues. I don't know if it's the wisest decision in the world. Usually handcuffing tight ends seems like a terrible idea. Um Scooter Maker's got he's got some he's gonna have a shot in, in Dallas. I didn't love him at Michigan. So that's the iffy thing for me on him. I just not I just don't love him. I'm probably taking Musgrave for sure, depending on where I'm falling in this third, uh, you know, late second, early to early fourth range. Depending on where I'm falling, I'm taking Musgrave first. And then I'm probably leaning Darnell Washington just because if something happens to Fryermuth, I think he gets a ton more looks. But I also think the Steelers are going to play a lot of two tight ends this year. I think they're going to play a lot. I think Washington's going to be boomer bust. I think he's going to be that guy that gets, you know, one game, three catches. One's a big one down the middle, and he catches a short touchdown. He gives you three for 72 and a touch. And then the next week, he has zero catches on two targets. I just think that's going to happen. So I, for the future, I like Washington, and I'm not going to be scared away by the fact that Friar moves in front of him. Uh, but to me, he's falling down my board a lot. I'm taking him. If I'm getting him, I'm taking him late third round beginning of the fourth round is kind of where I'm at on, on Washington. And like I said, strange for me, if I have T-Law, he jumps up my board with T-Law with the fact that Ingram might be gone after a year and the fact that they draft him in the second round, I thought really said a lot. Uh, but he's a guy I, I am not taking him, expecting to get absolutely any fantasy production from him whatsoever for at least a year, maybe two. So he's a total stash for me. If I'm like, hey, I'm good, good starters, I could throw him on my taxi squad, I'll probably take it strange because I'm going to move him to taxi squad. Yeah, just one last note is my hesitance with the other three guys here is that I feel like they are just a little more blocker than receiver. And so I don't know what the upside is. Like you said, I think the Michigan tight end, I think he's super hyped now, but I don't think it's a guarantee that Ferguson doesn't win that job. Like, I don't know. I don't, I just don't think I'm, I care to take the pick to, to make my choice. I think I'm just going another position. If, unless Musgrave is there, I think I'm just going another position for these guys. I think it's kind of what I would say. Yeah, I agree with you. So now let's look at kind of that fourth round guys falling in that fourth to fifth round at RB. So these guys are kind of getting mixed in with this tight end group, you know, depending on what people need. If you took, you know, running back early and you kind of waited on tight end, this is where people are jumping on those tight ends. If you took tight end early, now you're kind of like, okay, what running backs are there? What wideouts are in that range where I can get them? So for this one, the guys kind of falling in this group in this fourth round uh, midsection here is the Cowboys, uh, Deuce Vaughn, the Giants, Eric Gray, and the Colts, Evan Hull. So these are kind of the next three guys that now you're looking at like, okay, come to the end of the draft. Have I taken running back yet? If I haven't, do I want to take a flyer on one of these guys? Which guy do you like out of that group? 
Yeah, I got to say four or five drafts in, I, I don't have a single guy in this tier. Like I said, I think I'm targeting different positions around here. But of the three, Evan Hole is the guy I would take the chance on. I just think he profiles as a little more athletic. It's just he's a handcuff. And it's the same thing with the Giants guy. And I love the Deuce Vaughn story. I just don't know if I see the... I mean, what's the best case scenario? He's Tariq Cohen, and I don't even want him. He had the shortest career. He he had the career everyone thought Tajay Spears is going to have, right? Like, that's... <laughs> But and I love Tariq Cohen as a as a guy and watching him, he was fun. But besides, he flashed very briefly. I think Vaughn could make a couple plays for the Cowboys. I just don't know if he's the fantasy asset. So I'm going to take the indie guy. I just think he's a better player. Um, he's just behind JT, so don't get your hopes up. Yeah, this one for me is a little bit of a toughie. I like the Evan Hole pick for the Colts. They needed a third down running back. Now, obviously, I think JT is a better receiver than people give him credit for. He just didn't get a lot of opportunities. But when they dropped the ball off him, screens, other things, he made some great plays. I think they're going to use Evan Hull, who was much more of a pass catcher in college because Northwestern just wasn't very good. Yeah. So they just couldn't run the ball very often. So I think he, he was somewhere not around 900 rushing yards, 900 receiving yards his senior year, I'm pretty sure, uh, somewhere in that range. He had a lot of receiving yards, though. So I think it's a great pick here. I think he's a smart player. I, you know, I don't think he's some super athletic beast, but I think he's a guy who catches the ball well, and he's going to get yards. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to do something stupid. He's not going to try to break some huge play where he catches the ball and runs backwards three times. He's just not that type of player. So I think he fits in well with the Colts. If I have JT, I'm taking him as a JT handcuff for sure. But even if I don't, I like him if I'm in a league, especially if the PPR for running backs is higher. He's a guy I'm taking because I can maybe throw him in a flex play. I can maybe throw him in as an RB2 one week when we got all the you know bye weeks. He's a guy that could get enough catches that he could still score you 10 points maybe. And maybe he cracks a TD. So I, I like his upside there. Um, if I'm going pure... You know, don't look at situation. Look at the player. Which guy are you taking? I'm taking Eric Gray. I actually think Eric Gray is highly underrated. He was really good at Oklahoma last year. And Oklahoma had one of their worst years in a long time with Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams moving on. But he was like one of the bright spots for that Oklahoma team. And he's actually a guy where if I have Barkley, I'm absolutely handcuffing him with Gray. Absolutely. But if I'm a guy who doesn't, I'm taking a shot at Aaron Gray. Because I think, hey, man, Barkley gets hurt. If Barkley's gone after this season, they try to franchise tag him again or they don't give him sign to a deal, they move him. Man, Aaron Gray all of a sudden is looking like he's in a prime position. But they don't have anybody else on the roster who's not pretty old. Like, they got no game breakers. So, I mean, he immediately is going to get the shot to be the number two. Yeah. I like Gray. I just think he's got the most talent. Deuce Vaughn, I think, is a super exciting guy. If they can let him play special teams, I think that helps him more in a league that lets you do kick return, punt return yards. But, man, I just can't see him getting enough touches to be fantasy relevant. I'm going I'm going Gray in this group. If Gray's gone and I need RB help and just depth, I'm jumping a hole. Yeah, I, I think to, to sum up what you say, I, I really like the way you put it. I think Gray is the better player, and if you're hoping for something a couple years down the line, he should be your target. 
if you're looking for the occasional flex guy, then I think you should look towards the Colts player. And, and that's kind of just you knowing your team and what you want at this spot in an upside dart. You know, these are dart throws. These aren't, Absolutely. You're, you're not guaranteeing anything. So I, I like the way you put that. Yeah. 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 I mean, fourth, fifth round in a four. I mean, you, you really aren't taking dart throws. You're, you're expecting to put these guys for the most part on your taxi squad and then hoping they get a better situation or they pop somewhere an injury or something helps you move them up. So, all right. So past those guys, now we're looking at like the wide receivers that are kind of getting sprinkled in here in the fourth round and fifth round. Uh, the, there's kind of two sections here in the fourth and fifth round. These is the higher section. Uh, these guys are kind of going into the third, into the fourth. The Bears, Tyler Scott, the Cardinals, Michael Wilson, the Jaguars, Parker Washington, and the Texans, Tank Dell. Out of those four guys, if you're taking, taking like I said, dart throw here in the fourth round, which guy are you taking first? So I actually really like two guys in this tier that you listed, um, but I do have one of them ranked higher than the other, and that's Tank Dell. Um, I just think he has the opportunity to be honest. I really like Michael Wilson and I do think he's slipping in drafts and he's another one of those guys. I want to say I took in four fourth rounds in the last couple days because he's just my target. He got third round capital. He's slipping to the fourth and if Hopkins leaves, he could see the field quickly. You know, he, he's big. He's not Hollywood. He's not Dorch. He's not Rondell Moore. He's a guy who doesn't look like any of those players. But I do think Tank Dell has the best upside. He's a great route runner. Um, and there's no one in Houston, man. We don't know who's going to emerge as the weapon there. And so I just think he has the best shot to become something. Um, I wish I could give this person credit. I don't remember who said it. But I did read on Twitter the other day that someone was like, if he was listed as Tank Dell instead of Nathaniel Dell, he'd be going around earlier. And I just thought that summed it up perfectly. I was like, if his name said Tank yeah. on the draft boards, people would be taking him at like 3-1. But it says Nathaniel. And people are like, dude, I don't want a guy named Nathaniel on my team. And I think they're just skipping over him. So I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I don't know how Tank Dell – and again, I took these where guys are draw, falling in drafts on ADP on sleeper. I think Tank Dell is way above this group. Yeah. I'm taking De I'm taking Tank Dell way above this group. This is he fell fourth. He's right now fourth among those guys in ADP. I don't know how. How is he not higher? He's a guy that CJ Stroud specifically asked the the Texas to take. Take Tank Dell. I want yeah. him. And they did it. And they did it pretty high. I mean, would he end up going second round or third round? Can't remember. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to remember exact capital, but usually I remember. It's, I, I can't believe I'm forgetting this, but I think he went second, like late second round or beginning of third round. Uh, sorry for everybody that I can't remember off the top of my head, but I just think he's the guy. I mean, wide open wide receiver room. Brandon Cooks is gone. I mean, they coming in with Nico Collins as their number one. Nico Collins hasn't shown anything. I yeah. mean, I think that I think that room is wide open. So I'm a Tank Dell guy. All the way. If he gets to me in the fourth round, I'm jumping all over that. Especially if I took like CJ Stroud at like three, one, three, one, two. I'm jumping all over Tank Dell at four, one, four, two, four, yeah. three, right in there. I, I just that's too good of a combo to pass up. I know Tank Dell's small. I know that's why he's fallen this far. He could end up being two, two Atwell, absolutely, and just 
nothing, absolutely nothing for you. But I think the upside's there. He's got the chance. He's got – it seems like a team and a, and a quarterback that like him a lot. So I'm, I'm Tank Dell all the way on this. I'm probably with you next. Michael Wilson, I think his name is just so vanilla. It's so mm-hmm. – uh, Michael Wilson? He don't sound like a great NFL football player. I think he's dropping because people just are forgetting him. But man, he went in the third round. The Cardinals took him in the third round. You take White S in the third round, you like. You really yeah. like. I I think he's got great upside. You know, you don't know what's going to ha- happen with Nuke there. Are they going to move Hopkins? You know, Hollywood's had injury problems. You know, Rondell Moore, is it Rondell Moore's season? Or is he officially going to die this year when he does nothing and everybody's going to give up? I, I like that upside of Wilson and this group. I'm going him. Tyler Scott's my next guy probably. I don't think he does anything for you this year on the Bears, absolutely anything. But if you have room to stash him on the taxi squad, I think that wide receiver room could look very different next year. So he's worth a stash in my mind. I'm not a big Parker Washington guy. I have to be honest. There's a there's another tier down from this and wide receiver that's going kind of in the fifth round. And I actually like these guys more than him. I like a bunch of these guys more than him. Parker Washington is down the list for me, but as far as sleeper ADP, he's still up there. He's probably the guy I've seen the biggest, you know, variance on. I've seen him go, I've seen him go as as high as the end of the third, and I've seen him go undrafted. Like mm-hmm. I've seen, like I've had a couple drafts where he just didn't even get picked in in a four round draft or a five round draft. Some of them, the five, fifth round, he got picked like right at the end. So he's probably the last guy on there, but I'm I'm Tank Dell all, all the way here, the fourth that you can get him. I think that's in immense value. Uh, let's jump to the fifth round here. This is where a lot of these running backs go. A man after my own heart. I, I you know who I love in this group, but the Vikings, Dwayne McBride, the com- uh, the Commanders, Chris Rodriguez, or the Buccaneers, Sean Tucker, go Syracuse. I'll just start off here. I'm, I'm a Sean Tucker guy. I've said it from the beginning. If he wasn't, didn't have the heart issues, could have done the combine, could have done his pro day, he's RB3 for me. I still think he goes in the second or third round, probably the third, and I think he's RB3 for me in this draft. At this point, I am trading up in every league I'm in right now. Every league. I don't care what I'm giving up. I'm trading up to get Sean Tucker in the fourth round. I absolutely am. If I He's going fifth round. I've seen him force. I've seen him as early as late third, which is kind of a press. I, I've done it. I've actually done it where I've taken him late third because I knew he wasn't going to get back to me at 411 or whatever it was, 410. So I took him around early because I just thought to myself, if I miss out on him, and I, for value for one of these other guys, am I going to be real mad? Am I going to be real mad? I took Evan Hall at the yeah. end of that round, and I didn't take the upside of Sean Tucker. For me, it's Sean Tucker. I actually, ha- I, I, and I'm not even kidding you. I have him over Deuce, over Eric Gray, over Evan Hall. I'm absolutely jumping into that fourth round anywhere I can make. I mean, one league, I went down the list. First six guys in the fourth round offered him a trade. I'll give mm-hmm. you a third rounder next year and my fifth rounder this year to move up to get Sean Tucker. That's how much I like Sean Tucker. I just think the upside, yes, they have Rashad White. I like Rashad White. He's decent. I don't think he's a bell cow. And I just think 
Sean Tucker, if he can get in the right situation, I think he's going to get touches there. And I, I personally think he has more ability than Rashad White if he's healthy. If he's fully healthy, the heart's no problem. I think he is a better, more accomplished running back than Rashad White. So that's why I'm taking – that's why I'm moving up to get Sean Tucker here because I think the situation's great, and I think the talent rings out above everything else. I I love the conviction on, on the fourth, fifth-round running back, so hats off to you, JT. <laughs> I think go get your guy, but I, I think you said it well. At the place he's going, if you want him on your team, you have no excuse not to go draft him or trade next year's fourth and your fifth. Or like you said, if you want him, go get him. Um, I think I would tend to lean McBride here just with, with the Dalvin Cook news. I just feel like he might have the easiest shot at some playing time. Um, and I liked it. I liked him as a prospect. I, I think he got a lot of touches and I think he knows what he's doing. I think he's going to be a good pro. You know, I, I don't think he's ever going to be a freak athlete. Um, but I think he's just a good player. I, I think he's going to walk in and he's going to know what to do, right? He's going to hit the right hole. He's going to make the right read. Um, you know, think of him not as a younger player, but like a 29-year-old Latavius Murray. Not a 25-year-old Latavius Murray. He actually had some speed, people forget. You know, Murray, like, had some burners when he was younger. But I, he just kind of – that's kind of just what I think, funnily. But I like you with Tucker, man. If you want him, go get him. I, I really liked him as a player um, in college. And like you, if he'd tested, who knows where he, where he could have gone. Yep, yeah, like I said, I'm I'm Sean Tucker all the way here. I mean, like I said, I'm moving up to get him because I just I just feel like at this point in the draft, he's got home run potential. Is there a chance at medicals he never sees the field? Absolutely. There's a chance he maybe never plays it down the NFL. But for me in this draft, this is clear cut by far the best athlete, best player at this point. So I'm taking a shot on him. I'm with you, McBride. If, if I'm in this area and I haven't gone RB yet and I want to throw a dart throw in an RB, I'm taking McBride. I just think with the Dalvin Cook thing, with Madison, I could see him being that guy actually gets carries, touches, and is reasonable. It, you know, somehow for a couple games you can play him as a flex play. So I like that. I'm not a big cross, Chris Rodriguez guy. I feel like he's a worse Brian Robinson so I'm I, don't like, even like, he, I don't even like Brian Robinson. No, that, that's my point. I don't like Brian Robinson either. I don't yeah. have any Brian Robinson. So I'm like, I don't like Brian Robinson. Why would I get a worse version of Brian yeah, Robinson? I don't. Chris yeah. Rodriguez, I don't have him on any team, and I'm absolutely not taking him anywhere. That's just me personally. I don't see it. Even if he got in, he would just need a million touches and have to score touchdowns to get you any points, I feel like. I just I, – I'm not on that one. All right, let's jump to the, here. We're getting the last uh, kind of positions here in the fifth round. This is a wide receiver group. I have to be honest with you. I have never been more upset. I would have been a couple of drafts where I'm getting sniped in the fifth round, and I'm actually legit mad about it. And people are like, dude, it's the fifth round. Like, calm down. I'm like, I got sniped. I love that guy. They're like, you love a fifth round. I'm like, I love this guy in the fifth round. I want him bad. So guys going in this in this mix into the fourth, all the way through the fifth. Uh, we've got the Raiders, Trey Tucker, uh, the Texans, Xavier uh, Hutchinson, the Saints, A.T. Perry, and the Bucks, Trey Palmer. I 
like I said, I love this four group. I absolutely love this group. I'm going to let you go first here. I'm going to hold back on who I'm going to take. I want to see who you think uh, you like here first. Yeah. Um, I got to say, uh, for me in this spot, it, it is kind of between two guys. But um, I have one of them over the other, and that's Xavier Hutchinson. I I just think he, he's got the body of an NFL receiver. And he was a very productive college player, right? He had a lot of catches for Iowa State. And he got the ball a lot. So for going in the sixth, I think he was a six-round pick in the NFL draft, like, Obviously, that's a it's a bummer. You want guys to have higher draft capital, but um, you know, for the same reason I like Tank Dell, there's no one in Houston that I really feel threatened by. So, if I could get Dell and Hutchinson, why not? Like that's all I'm trying to do is get the guy that emerges. I'm not an Eco Collins guy. I like Dalton Schultz as an emergency guy for you know Stroud, but I'm not really threatened for him to lead the team and be the alpha on that squad. So why not take your shot on a couple Houston Texan guys and, and see if it works out? Yeah, this is a group. I mean, I really like Xavier Hutchinson. I really like him. I just think he's got, like you said, I think he's got the size. He's got the body. He's in a wide open situation on a brand new team in, in Texas, you know, the Texans. Why wouldn't you give this guy every opportunity along with Tank Dell to be your top two guys with a rookie quarterback, you know, a second year running back and, and Damian Pierce? I really like Hutchinson. So this one is a toss up for me. I'm literally coin flip and it totally depends on my team. I'm taking either Xavier Hutchinson or A.T. Perry. I love both these guys. And I tell you what, this seems crazy, but I've been in leagues. I'm like, I'm trading up into the fifth round. People are like, I you want a fifth round? I'm like, uh, if I didn't get my guy in the fourth that I wanted, or I'm like, I, I I want two fifth round picks here. Honestly, I want both these guys. So I've been taking one of them wherever I'm seeing kind of guy go a little earlier. And then if I could trade back into the fifth, I'm actually trading back in and getting the other guy. I that's how much I actually like these guys. You know, like you said, six round draft pick. Usually that's just a death nail. No capital. You're not going to see any chance. But I just felt like some of the most productive wide receivers at the college level and CFF Hutchison and AT Perry were right near the top, right near the top. Those they're older prospects, but they're two guys with actual size in a draft. That's real small at wide receiver. They're, they're two of the rare guys that are six, two, 200 plus pounds. Very few six two six three guys that are 200, 200 plus in this draft at wide receiver. That to me gives them a shot to play. That to me says all these guys at Tank Dell's going to be a slot guy. Hey, can Xavier Hutchinson be your ex? At Perry, ninety one percent of his uh, routes run in college were out of the X position. There's very few guys that got drafted in this draft that were pure X receivers. He's one of them. And he's bigger. I think A.T. Perry gets a shot, especially on the Saints. Uh, I I just – I'm not a believer that Michael Thomas can come back. The guy hasn't played in three years. What makes us think that he – not only can he play a whole season, that's first, but then secondly, actually be good for a season and be relevant for maybe other a game or two. 
I like that situation. Chris Olave leading the way. I think A.T. Perry goes in there and has a real shot to start at that X position. And that's a spot where where Derek Carr throws the ball. He throws the ball to his X. I actually like that. He is one of my favorite dart throws here late. If I got Stroud, I'm taking Hutchinson for sure. If I need immediate production, I'm probably taking Hutchinson because I think he's a guy that could start right away. If I'm going upside a guy I think that's underrated, I'm taking Perry. But I want one of those two guys in this group. Trey Palmer's okay to me. Wasn't He's an athletic guy, but I didn't love him at Nebraska. And then Trey Tucker, okay, Trey Tucker, Vegas, eh. I don't know. Maybe he does something, maybe he doesn't. But I like both those two guys, and I've actively moved back into the fifth round to get try to get both of those guys. Um, one one last note. Um, two guys that I actually, if I'm being honest, like more than this entire group um, and that we're not going to cover tonight, who I was taking closer with those fourth-round guys, is um, Puka Nakua on the Rams and – Charlie Jones, the guy on the Bengals. Those are two guys I really like as as dart throw guys who I just think have the potential to slide into roles. I'm not projecting that they become stars or anything. I just see them as guys that can maybe slide their way into those offenses as productive players. Um, just names to keep in mind for those listening. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with you. Those are guys that I'm kind of looking at the end of drafts. If Xavier Hutchinson and A.T. Perry are gone, those are guys I'm looking at for sure. I, I think Charlie Jones is is a good one. Um, I, I've, I've been grabbing him at the end of drafts for sure whenever I you know haven't had anybody. I you know All those other guys are gone. I've liked mm-hmm. that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so now let's talk about these, these very end dart throws tight ends. Like we talked about, there's a really dart, uh, deep, deep tight end class. Some of these guys I like. Some of these guys, I, again, I'm going to stash them on my taxi, give them two years, three years, and see if they ever become something. If they don't, boom, you cut them off the roster, draft a new tight end, and it all starts over another three-year process. So the guys kind of go in the end of drafts. We talked about him a little bit earlier. was uh, the Packers' Tucker Craft. He kind of really was in a tier by himself if you looked at ADP. He was kind of really floating past those other guys, but way ahead the rest of this group. So he's kind of that guy that's kind of floating in that fourth round more. But I've seen him go as late as the fifth round in some drafts. So he's probably at the top of that group. Then you got the Colts, Will uh, Mallory, the 49ers, Cameron Latou, the Bucks, Payne Durham, and the Jets, Zach Coots. So kind of a big group, but this has kind of been that fifth round group that you see in most drafts. And if you're an IDP league that goes like six or seven rounds, this is where you're kind of seeing those guys go in that last round is maybe somebody hasn't taken a tight end yet. And they're like, hey, look, I'll take a shot on a guy. Who do you like kind of out of this last group? I think you're going to say Tucker Graff because I feel like he's a step above these guys. Uh, but talk about him and then also maybe if he's not there, what's the guy you would take? For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth there. Tucker Craft all day. Um, he is one of the biggest reasons that I think as much as I like Musgrave, I haven't been trading up to go get him, is that I just see them as very similar upside plays. I think they're both an upside player, and they potentially are looking to fill the same role. So I don't – I think it's making me a little more hesitant on Musgrave having Kraft around. Um, so like you said, I just think Kraft is above this tier. I, I don't really um, have – any reason if, if he's here, I think he's a great pick in the fourth round. If you're looking for a tight end, 
Um, if I'm being honest, the rest of these guys, I have been dodging. And I don't have any shares. I probably won't have any shares. Um, some of them got some okay crack capital, you know, like, you know, Cameron Latou got the, he was a third round pick by the Niners. It's just, he's not George Kittle and, and he's not the same player. And I think it's just at this point in the draft, I think you'd be better off taking those wide receivers, those running backs, or something that I do in drafts every year in some league. If I look at that board and I don't want it, I go to someone and be like, hey, man, I'll give you my fifth this year for your fifth next year. I just want to get out of this. Like, <laughs> I'm good. And I'll just move on. And um, I, I'm probably not even wasting a roster spot on some of these tight ends, unless you're so incredibly deep and you got all the, all the spots in the world. Yeah, I, I see. I'm probably one of those guys. I'm probably trading into this last spot, you know, into the fifth round. If you're not loving your spot and you're like you and like you say, hey, I'll take a fifth next year for this guy because mm -hmm. I don't love any of these guys. I'm not going to roster them. I'm probably your trade partner here. There you go. Because I, I like moving in the end of the round here. And who I like moving the end around here is the old Purdue tight end, Payne Durham. I saw a lot of him this year at Purdue. I just like him. He's not the most athletic guy. He's kind of slow. He's big, but not overly big. I just feel like he's a football player. He just feels like that guy that in three, four, five years is going to cut out a little niche for him in the NFL. And he's going to be, do I think he's ever top 10 tight end? Probably not. Is he a guy who could be a fringe Q, uh, tight end one? right on that edge of tight end two, I think that's a possibility. And with only uh Cameron Brake gone and only Kate Otten in front of him in Tampa, I kind of like this. I kind of like him here. He's an injury away from being a starter. Again, I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, this huge stud at the NFL level. He feels like that guy that just is going to make catches and that whoever the QB is, We'll just trust him. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I'm I'm taxi squatting him like crazy. I'm not if I have a team, if I have a league that you have to have the guy on the active roster, you don't have taxi rooms, I'm probably not trading in this spot and I'm probably not taking it. But if I know I can stash him, I'm getting in this this round, I'm taking pain Durham. I gotta I say just, you you won me over. You won me over, JT. If I'm at this spot and I want a tight end, I'm taking Payne Durham. Um, but I'm going to give you a comp because I, I do know what you're saying. I did watch him play a couple of college football games. And with the stats and how, kind of how you talked about him, I'm going to throw something out and I think it lines up perfectly. Will Disley. That's who I think he is. Will Disley. He had a couple spurts. He had a couple games. He's been tight end 14, 15. He'll make some plays. He's never going to be tight end five, like you said. That's not his role. But at this point in the draft, if you can get anyone that even just maybe you could play, that kind of is the goal. So yeah, I like it. Yeah, I, I think Will Disley is a good cop. I just think he's a guy that's gonna. To, he's got. I think he has a shot to make it in the league. I just mm -hmm. don't ever think he's gonna be huge, but I think he's a guy. You get in these deeper fourteen team, sixteen team leagues, you're looking for just somebody to play at tight end. I think by his third year, he could be one of those guys that at least you could have on your roster and play in bye weeks and do some other stuff. So I just like him personally. I just, yeah, I think he's, he's just a fun play. And if he's not there for me, honestly, if, if Durham's gone, I've been taking 
Zach Coons for the Jets. Now, that Jets tight end room, rarely do we say this, but it it's pretty crowded. It feels like they have a ton of tight ends. I mean, they got uh, uh, Uzama. They got um, Conklin. Conklin. They've got uh, Rucker, who they took last year out of Ohio State, a tight end. And they got Coons. But Coons, RAS score, everybody talks about it, off the charts, perfect 10 out of 10, height, weight, agility, everything. He was a guy I was a little surprised the Colts didn't take. When the Colts took Will Mallory, Coons was still on the board. And I was a little surprised because they are – I mean, they're total RAS score guys. I mean, they take the high end of the high end athletes. And Mallory had a high end ceiling in his RAS score. I was really surprised at Sip Coots. Coots is my guy I'm taking in the fifth round of every draft. If Perry and Hutchinson are gone, I'm looking at Durham and then Coots. He's a guy I'm not expecting a single thing from this year. But I don't love that tight end Jets room. I just think those guys are, you know, Conklin's right at the end, Azuma's right at the end. Who knows about Rucker? I mean, really good profile. Guy didn't catch hardly any passes at Ohio State. He has athletic. He's a good blocker. Can he ever be a fancy relevant tight end? I don't think so. I'm taking the upside of just the athletic ability of Koontz as a guy that maybe hits in three years. Yeah, I, I, I got nothing against that. Like you said, Sometimes um, crowded backfields, crowded tight end rooms can be good if you're taking the guy who's the least expensive. <laughs> you know, you, you, yeah. you take the guy who's just the least expensive, but you get a shot that he might be the one to hit. And if, you know, if he can be the starter there, Conklin was sneaky good last year in a very bad offense. So if that offense improves with Rodgers, which we all think it's going to, it's, you know, take a shot. In the last group we're going to talk about, this this group's kind of all over the board, so I just kind of threw them at the end here. It's that next group of quarterbacks. You know, you're outside these guys, you're taking the first round. You know, Will Levis is whatever type of league you're in. He's somewhere in the mix between the first round and the third round. You know, so I didn't even we didn't even talk about him because he's kind of in his own little tier by itself. So if you're taking a late round flyer on a QB, say you're in two QB league, super flex league, real deep 14, 16 team league. What QB are you taking out of this group as just as a straight flyer? Taxi squad, hold on. Maybe he wins the backup job and eventually could start someday. The Rams, Stetson Benton. The Browns, Doran Thompson Robinson. The Vikings, Jaron Hall. Or the Cardinals, Clayton Toon. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, for me, it's between two players and not to be too simple about it, but it's a coin flip. I think I would take one in one league, one in the other. And, and that's Stetson Bennett and Dorian Thompson-Robinson. I, I think the comps that I would think – now, this is a best-case scenario. I don't want this to be someone's listening to this and guaranteeing this is what's going to happen. I think Heineke for Bennett, and I think Tyler Huntley for Thompson. And I think those are kind of what you're hoping is maybe these guys can find themselves as a backup. They can have a great end-of-the-season run. They can find themselves then to be a QB2 fighting for the one with a rookie. And that's the hope. I mean, I don't have a lot of hope, but, you know, I mean, Bennett did look very good in college. He's super cocky. The Rams is a great spot for him. If you're going to learn how to do anything offensive, McVay is a great guy to do it under. Um, he just doesn't have the NFL tools per se. And, you know, Stafford's the starter there. But look what happened with Baker. 
you know, in those couple games with McVay, who's to say if, if Bennett gets in there that he couldn't look good enough to win a shot somewhere? Yeah, so for me, I'm I'm a handcuffed guy, especially when it comes to QBs. So if I've got Matt Stafford, I'm taking Stetson Bennett. That, that's that's for sure. If I've got Deshaun Watson, I'm taking Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Now, am I saying it's guaranteed those guys are going to win the backup role? No. They, they could end up being on the, you know, on the practice squad most of the year. But I think they got a shot to be the backup because there's not a good backup in either of those spots. So I'm taking those guys to pay up. I have the guy. Now, if I'm just going, hey, is there an outside shot this guy plays this year? Is there an outside shot that I'm going to get some value and possibly be able to trade him midseason if he ends up starting or has like a long-term future and I'm not worrying about backing up my QB? The guy I'm taking is Clayton Toon for the Arizona Cardinals. Houston Cougars, the guy just put up unreal stats in college. I just super impressed by him. Ton of big scoring games, ton of close games. Now he played at Houston, so you know, not the best competition ever. I actually really liked I really liked him. And I have to be honest with you, I had him above Levis in my rankings. I know people said I was crazy. I just don't like Will Levis at all. And if I'm gonna take a QB that has a big arm. And I'm taking him on potential. I'm going to take the guy that was actually good in college. I'll take Clayton Toon. Clayton Toon was good in college. Guys, stats were unreal. I don't see Will Levis at all. I'm taking a value pick, and I'm taking Toon in the fifth round, late fourth over a late first, early second Levis. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Is Levis, because of draft capital, have a better shot at starting? especially with, you know, Tannehill possibly being gone soon. Yes. If I'm just going straight value, I don't have to get a guy to me, my quarterback. I like tune. I, I just think the Kyler Murray situation is iffy. Is he going to come back? When is he going to come back? Is he going to be good when he comes back? Do, do they, are they so terrible? They sit him. He comes back. He's healthy. And they say, Oh, well, maybe we just give him a couple more weeks. Because at this point, they're fighting for the number one position. Do you want to mess that up with Kyler Murray? So then I think you come in and you're like, okay, is it Colt McCoy? You know, 35, 36-year-old Colt McCoy. Are you playing him all year? Or are you taking a shot at a Clayton Tuna rookie? I mean, if I might end up tanking, I might play Clayton Tuna just see what he has. Just see what he's got. Over, I mean, you know who a Colt McCoy is. He's a solid NFL journeyman, a good backup. He's going to keep you in games. Is he going to win you a lot of games? No, especially with that Arizona roster. I like Clayton Toon. Clayton Toon's mom retweeted my tweet that I said after he got drafted that Clayton, I said, congratulations, Clayton Toon, Arizona Cardinals, QB1 next year, 2023. There you go. And his mom liked my tweet and retweeted it. So I'm even bigger Clayton Toon fan now. Now I have to get him in every league. I have to show the support that I, I, I said it. I'm, now I'm sticking by it. I'm taking Clayton Toon. That is unless I have Stafford, then I'm taking Stetson Ben. But I, if I can get Toon around or around and a half later than I can get Bennett, 
I'm probably holding out, taking one of the guys in the third, early fourth, and then I'm jumping on tune in the fifth. Yeah. I know that was I, a long-winded I, I, way to say no, a fifth round rookie QB, it. but I appreciate it, JT. I gotta say it. In uh, uh, we we share one league together now, and I gotta say, if I'm moving out of the fourth or fifth round ever, I'm coming to you first because I know who's <laughs> going to be stoked to get whoever they're getting on their team, and that's a great thing. I'm happy about it. That's the excitement <laughs> everyone wants to see about a fifth round player. So I'm glad that someone has it. When I'm trading out, you're trading in, and I think that <laughs> sums up the fifth round very well. Yep, I've had leagues where people are like, should we just drop the fifth round? Should we even drop the fourth round? Like, who are these players? They're not even going to do anything. And I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah. More draft picks. Always. I always want yeah. more guys. I fall in love with these fourth and fifth round picks. I absolutely do. Almost none of them ever pan out. I'll be honest with you. Almost none of them. But just the upside and mm-hmm. the dream that you're going to hit. When it does. It's huge. I remember I took I took Shaq Leonard from the Colts in the IDP League. Last pick of the eight, uh, I was second to last pick of the eighth round. And the eight rounder IDP, I took Shaq Leonard. And he was top three in scoring the next year for the Colts at linebacker. That was the biggest win of my life. I was like, I took a guy last pick. And he finished top three in scoring. See, those are the little victories I love in fantasy. When you stick by your guy, you take a guy late, and you're like, I love him. I love him. And those guys hit. It's so much more enjoyable than that first-round guy that everybody knew was going to hit anyway. And it was just a lucky if you got him, you know, if he got to you at your draft pick. Picking these guys late, I just love it. I'm big into college, play a lot of C2C a lot of CFF and I just love seeing these guys mature and hit that nobody thought was going to hit. It's just, it's part of the, it's one of my, my, the most fun things about fantasy football for me. I love it. Well, that's going to about do it for us here as we went through the mock draft, kind of just give you an idea of, of everything we could happen, what we've been seeing in drafts. Honestly, a ton of drafts going to keep happening the rest of the summer. Feel free to hit us up if you got any questions. You can always hit me up on Twitter at JT Orange. Uh, you also can hit up uh, the, the Stew with JT Brew team pay, uh, Twitter page, excuse me, which is at JT Brew Stew. Had to invert it there for you guys, at JT Brew Stew. Sam, let everybody know where they can find you on the Twitter machine and anywhere else. Yeah, um, if, if you're looking for me, definitely check me out at uh, Where's Waldorf on Twitter. Um, I'm happy to talk about anything, man. I, I'm really stoked just getting to know everyone and just want to keep chatting with people. And uh, it's coming. Summer's coming. We're going to start really talking about some of this stuff more than we have. So I'm super excited. Yep, so that's Sam Waldorf. I'm Justin Taylor or JT. Thanks for joining us here on the second edition of The Stew with JT Brew. May all your draft picks hit and the trading never quit. We'll check you guys next time. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you up on trades and why you move? You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing. Racking up points makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with the mock draft and now we making a mockery up. Sweet.